Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Good evening, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, your advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and uh, your... Man, I don't know. What am I doing? I'm talking to some cool cats here today about how to get a job in the hospitality business. So perhaps uh, the food and the, the baron of beverages, that's what I'll be today. Um, <laughs> hope you're having a great Saturday night, and uh, thanks for tuning in every Saturday night right here in 570 KVI. If you ever miss a show, we got a, a website. It's called happyhourradio.net. If you ever want to communicate, you can find us on Facebook, Happy Hour Radio, as well as uh, send an email if you like you're into that kind of stuff. It's ask at happyhourradio.net, and if you're still doing Twitter, uh, check us out at Happy HR Radio. Uh, it is uh, September. All the leaves are brown, and the sky is gray. Thank God the sky is not gray yet. We've had uh, the best summer, and uh, the leaves are now turning brown, which uh, is uh, much later than my grass. Of course, I like to call it golden grass, and it's a very rare kind of grass. Uh, it turns green uh, when you water it, so it's uh, it's pretty fun. Anyway, I hope you had a great a great summer. Um, it's fall time. It's harvest time. Uh, there's lots of events up in Woodville. There's lots of events down at Soto uh, with the Soto Wine Group there, the the, the wine triangle, if you will, and uh, of course Chelan, Yakima, uh, and Port Angeles has got a booming wine. Uh, industry over there and they're all busy but they love to see it and harvest time is really the, the fun time when you see they're not stomping on grapes but you can try some grapes and you'll know they're sweet it's pretty neat so check out uh, get out there for the weekend and and uh maybe even sign up to do, be a bottling volunteer and you can earn uh, earn a free bottle of wine or i don't know if that's legal whatever who cares liquor liquor control board's worried about cannabis but hey i'll be at the uh west seattle wine walk it's uh this thursday um, says Alaska Junction. Look for Coral Wines. We'll be at Menashe and Sons Jewelers pouring Coral Wines. And, of course, the Great Pumpkin Beer Festival is Friday down at CenturyLink, uh, hosted by Elysian. Uh, but right now, if you ever... I know we're talking about wine, beer, cider, spirits, food, chefs, events, and education around the world. But if you ever want to get a job in that stuff, how do you do it? You know, and I got two guys here that um, think they have found the answer. And I was really curious because... I saw them on Facebook or Facebook friends, and they were talking about how to get a job at Maono and uh, New Luck Toy. And I said, hey, I'm going to send this out because it looked pretty cool. I've got um, Travis Stanley Jones and CN So. Uh, they work, they are co founders of Umami Jobs. Hey, guys, welcome to Happy Hour. How are hey. you, sir? Thanks for having us. Travis, thank you. And CN? CN. Yeah, S E A N, called CN. <laughs> like, like Sean. Like Sean, but pronounced CN So. So interesting. Hey, uh, good to have you. So let's talk about um, who you cats are. Travis, who are you? Well, I'm a 42-year-old white male living in Seattle, <laughs> uh, happily married. Uh, I, I'm all that and above. I've been in the uh, hospitality industry for 20 years. I've owned a place called Milady's Irish Pub in the base of Magnolia the last uh, 10 and a half years. And, uh, about I see some red whiskers. Yeah. Uh, my people got around uh, Northern Europe. <laughs> I've got all of that in me. Well, um, yeah. Well, the Irish went and conquered France. They did. The Celts. Yeah. Go um, figure. 300. Not a ton of great Irish wine, but mead. You yeah. know, throw, throw a little honey in there. 
if you're sure, a little Heather. And your right. name should be Sean. It really should. Sean. Yeah. Sean and Sean. All right. <laughs> so keep going. You go to a place called Milady. Milady's Irish Pub. We're an upscale Irish pub. Um, and I have, as as everybody knows, the there's a cook shortage, not just in Seattle, not just in America, but worldwide. It is tough to find cooks. And when I needed cooks at my restaurant, uh, my go-to guy was a guy named Sean, uh, my friend and, and, and co-founder. And a big part of that was uh, Sian knew me and he knew Milady's culture. And uh, the best type of employee I've had in, shoot, 14, 15 years of different restaurant ownership is one that buys into uh, not so much me, but our culture. We have a common purpose, a common goal. Um, you know, it begins with making some money, be it front house, back house, but what are we doing? Why, why, why are we doing this? And then how could I get that um, on a resume? I, I never knew. I like that. I like that. It's very interesting. So, seeing who are you? I mean, you're you're uh, Travis's pal, but how did you get in? How did he find you? And how did you guys? You were chatting over beer, what? Yeah, actually, the whole concept of umami jobs was over not beer, but uh, but whiskey. Um, I was gonna say sake, <laughs> Irish uh, whiskey. You know, yeah, it's good. So, my past uh, restaurant industry uh, gentleman for since I was 14 years old, um, started cooking. Uh, Tepanyaki actually when I was 14 and now that's the that's Benny Hanna, yeah, right? Benny Hanna style where you cook in front of you um, and I went to culinary school when I was 19 and moved up to Seattle uh, helped open up a few restaurants and then actually got out of cooking and went into food distribution and that's where I met this lovely gentleman um, I actually was uh, the VP of a company here in Seattle that distributed meat and seafood for about nine years you're a VP yeah at Corfini at Corfini yeah oh, wow. so started from the ground up I was the third employee uh, when I left Holy I think smokes. we had about 68 people from Seattle to Portland um, and again yeah nine years built some incredible relationships got to know a lot of amazing people oh good you know, both front of the house and back of the this house this is serendipity perfect uh, very cool so you guys uh, when is the first time you guys actually connected when did you start Umami Jobs I'll it, it became live the first of this year. Yeah. Uh, so the process of it, in, in case you can't tell, neither of us are tech guys. I've got a computer, but it's really just for show. My daughter lets me, you know, turns it on for me. Uh, we partnered up with a little uh, a tech firm to help build this. And a year ago today, they were building this for us. Um, and we gave them literally pictures and word pictures and diagrams and not make pictures it look like of this. dead presidents no <laughs> of chefs dead chefs <laughs> chefs yeah. and knives so it, it, it's been uh, we've been working on it for about 15 months umamijobs.com yes sir alright we're gonna check it out and because uh, you know, I usually do research on all my guests but um, this one was so sudden it came up and so interesting that I kind of wanted to be surprised hey here you are umami find a great job in three easy steps Step one, find a job. <laughs> it looks pretty cool. Great photos. So um, let's talk about this idea of culture. You know, well, let's actually step back. Why is America running out of people qualified to cook? Because nobody wants to. Everybody wants to get rich quick, be on television, a reality show, or be a video game champion and or uh, tech guy rich, right? Yep. And then they want to spend money and go out. So we've lost, and plus the corporation, the conglomeration of food uh, distribution, whether it be on the on the retail side, but not grocery stores, but even grocery stores, everything is changing, and they're doing fast casual now, and so everything yes. is is becoming uh, Metro Markets is now probably thirty percent 
instant food gratification. Yes. Version, and that's not the apple and banana I'm talking about. Of course, this job explosion, could Josh Henderson and Ethan Stoll just, they must have... <laughs> I'm going to drink 100 gallons of coffee. Watch me. I'm going to open up 12 damn restaurants. And good for them. But how do you staff them and all these concepts and all these ideas? Um, uh, we're, we're, not, we're losing them because we, we're forgetting how to cook. We're not getting taught how to cook anymore. Absolutely. Everything's I can order it. It's Uber. It's Uber Eats. But what's your take? (laughs) I think you hit it right on the head. Um, We're much more a superficial society, um, and that goes to cooking, too. There's much less the craft of cooking and the mise en place and the preparation of it and the pride in it and and showing up at 7 a.m. There's so much to it, and it's so gratified when you do it. Uh, but when we, when you mentioned Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and Uber, give it to me now. Give it to me now. I can go to Whole Foods. I can get a really good meal right now. And go to Met Market. Get a really good meal right now. Uh, it, it's tough, and where and when you turn on Food Network and Travel Channel and any other TV station, and you see these um, pretend chefs and real chefs, and and there's a very real misconception of what we do and why we do it. Yeah. I think one of the biggest uh, issues as well as uh, going back to the training is, you know, back in the day, chefs grinded out for 10, 15 years be- before they became an executive chef. And now, you know, you have people who are leaving culinary uh, schools and, you know, they're saying, hey, I'm a chef now. And so they, they get into the industry, they get into a restaurant and, you know, they fail. And so people aren't really spending the time to actually say, hey, I need to I need to get my war wounds. I need to hit the battlefield and actually become trained, you know, not just in school, but actually in the industry. Um, and with the with the amount of also restaurants that have opened up probably in the last, I'd say, eight years alone, I mean, it's been astronomical. You know, it's probably over 500 restaurants. So where are all these people coming from? It's, and it's interesting, too, because it's kind of a double-edged sword with, with the uh, employment costs, whether it be benefits and or minimum wage, um, and Seattle's rise to prominence in the real estate sector here with, with houses and, and condos just being expensive. Yeah. People can't even afford to live in Seattle who work in a restaurant. So that's it's like, I can't work in a restaurant, so we're going to lose those people because they can't afford to. So now they're living in Burien and living in uh, Kent and, yep. and commuting, and that just adds one more car, and you can't park downtown. So it's like, screw that. It's, it's going to be the downfall. Although, interesting enough, this Fair Start program is kind of a cool thing and and I wanted to say that you're right about this whole idea of of training um in France to be a chef yes. or even in Japan to be a chef it takes years and you have to stage and you have to be expert and you have to be able to explain things and and do something quick and it all starts with all things an omelet can you make an omelet or a perfect egg like can you make sushi rice? Well, yeah. you can do that for a year till you got it perfect. You can do yep. it in your sleep. And when you're, um, anyway, it's interesting. I, I'm really excited about talking about this because I've worked in the restaurant business since 1982. And, and I was a dishwasher. And then I was a busboy. And then I was a breakfast butler, room service guy. And then I was a PM guy. And then I was a waiter. And then I was a bartender. And then I was uh, a manager. So you can't be a manager unless you were a Buster, unless you were a dishwasher. You yeah. know, what isn't celebrated enough, and it was brought up by uh, a mutual chef friend of ours, is that particularly back of house, but just restaurant-wise, we're a band of misfits. It's it's usually never the high school quarterback. Uh, it's usually <laughs> kind of just a little bit off-center and misfits, and a lot of times it comes together, and it becomes a brotherhood, sisterhood 
that you may have opposite interests, but when you are, it's almost a ballet. Family. And middle of service, we call it a house, back of house, front of house, we're a family, where it's service, it's hospitality. And it is such a wonderful um, physically and, and mentally job that is not recognized enough. Um, it's not. And it's the weirdest part about it, of all human things, the hug, mm. the, the smile, and the meal. I mean... What can make you feel better than a great meal or a meal when you're hungry? It doesn't have to be great. Just like, oh, you made this. this, oh, this. But when you put all the time yes. in there, take yes. care. And what's your take on that? What, what do, you, do you do? You agree that we haven't elevated, even though we've got all these television shows showing chefs in their celebratory and they, we've got their own labels and their opening places at the Mirage, but those guys have worked their butts off yeah. for years. And it's not like instantly. I think a lot of people also don't really see they see one aspect of, of, of culinary and being a chef. They see, you know, the the, the chef being on T V or they see the asshole chef on T V. Sorry if I swear. <laughs> but they actually don't see a lot of the camaraderie. They don't see a lot of the, the love. Uh, they don't see a lot of the drinking, you know, at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, there's this whole other aspect to the to the culinary world that is kind of I think kind of going away as well. Um yeah, I think the food world is just changing as a whole. Um, again, going back to Uber Eats and and you know Dish and all these different companies that are kind of taking the essence of cooking and and trying to bring it to the to the consumer faster. Whereas sometimes we all just need to go to a restaurant and actually eat and 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 hang out. Whereas now it's like, hey, I need to eat right now. Uh, my office, I'm leaving in, in 20 minutes. How fast can this food get to me? Yeah, and it's the same food, you know and you're it's the same food. Yeah. Interesting um, how the the idea of lunch lunch is is gone. I mm. mean, I think one of the greatest pleasures in the world for me and uh, my friends will tell you this: going out to lunch, because my lunch is it's not an hour lunch; it's a two hour lunch, yeah. and that's the best part because I'm going to have a glass of wine, I'm going to have an appetizer, I'm going to have a martini or something. Because uh, that take the day and enjoy yourself but uh, hey we're going to take a little break we come back from the break we're going to talk about some of the restaurants you guys have worked with and some of the people when you think about a culture we'll talk about what that really means um, as well as how people can get started up to to get some training and to perhaps uh, figure out the resume has changed now it is it maybe Instagram resume I don't know but hey I've got Travis Stanley Jones and CN So both with Umami Jobs right here on Happy Hour Radio Big names, big news. Sean Hannity, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570, KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. Hey, Seattle, welcome back. Time for round two. I got two cool cats here in the studio. I got Travis Stanley Jones and C&So, who is, uh, they're both the co-founders of umamijobs.com. And this is, uh, this is the site where it will help you launch your culinary career if you got some, uh, if you got some skills and nice skills and some human skills. So, Travis, tell me about this idea of culture and how does, how do you assess some of that stuff in a, in a candidate? Well, currently when I get a resume, I, I will look at their last three jobs and I hope I know some, I hope I know where they worked at or somebody there. And then I'll look at their address and I hope they're close to my place. And if that's, that's why I have two strikes. If it's there, it's prob if I don't get one of those, those, one of those hit, I throw the resume away and it's rough. So how do I, 
figure out somebody. They have to work somewhere I know. They have to know somebody I know. Uh, if they live close, then we come in for an interview. And I've been in. We've all been in interviews where we sit down, and it can be in either side of the table. We sit down and we go, "Oh man, this is not the place for me." Or this person is not really. Look at C and I. I could go downstairs and work at Sport and just bang it out. C can go to Canlis right now and really sell a nice bottle of wine. You can't really tell anything on a piece of paper between C and I right now. So we go back to the story. Um, in our in our hospitality industry, we all have a wonderful story to tell, and we tell our story through service, through hospitality, through how we make cocktails, through how we present wine, through how we present food. And it is crazy that when we apply for a job or when we advertise a job, there's it's devoid of story, and that's what we're trying to solve. Hmm. Interesting. Cian? Yeah. You know, as again, as the world changes, uh, it's funny. The, the restaurant industry hasn't evolved very much in terms of hiring and neither has the world uh, we talk about you know resumes going back to you know the 1500s <laughs> and, it, and it's all been <laughs> the same out. to this day still and uh, you know there's a lot of industries that, that have changed the way they hire you know um, these larger companies that have millions of dollars you know they, they'll fly somebody out from around the world they'll Skype with somebody before they bring them on whereas you know the restaurant industry has kind of been in the stone age for a while and I think it's what we're trying to do is just trying to add add to to the element of of changing with the industry, and um, I think we've kind of hit it right on the head, you know, with with uh, online video resumes, you know, specifically really? for the restaurant industry. Yeah, interesting. We'll have to take. So tell me about this online video resume. This is actually a candidate saying, "Hi, I'm Christopher Chan. I love uh, sharp knives and." Yeah, so you'd see, you'd probably see my ad first, and it would be, "Hi, my name is Travis. I'm the owner of Milady's Irish Pub. I'm looking for a great bartender. We do a lot of uh, Manhattan's and old fashions. A lot of our clientele is the neighborhood. Uh, it's about fall time, but give me a good kind of summer fall cocktail that you may introduce to somebody. Look forward to meeting you. Okay. And you reply back, and I get a feel for you. How do you reply? Your video resume. Oh, I see. Yes. So it's basically you're yep. talking to each other. So you, you take your resume. phone. And you upload it, and I upload yep. it to you. Yep. Okay. Simple as that. And you know, now, cinematography skills aren't being assessed here, are they? <laughs> no, not at all. But so, that's that's boy, no, it's not being assessed at all. But we have people that we had some Ferris Art guys that said, "Hey, can I get a knife and a carrot? Because my knife skills are really on. I want to show that." And then we had a chef go, "Wow, look at this guy! Look at his fingers. He's not, he's not even looking at the 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 carrot. He's killing it right here." Oh, cool. That's fantastic. He yeah. got a job the next day. Wow. That's wonderful. And the thing about that is, in particular, is his resume wouldn't have probably gotten him the job because they, it would have showed that he had no restaurant experience. Right. But his knife skills are, I mean, they're just as good as anyone else's, right? But he just needed that opportunity. If I get, if I take five people off the street and I give them all a bottle of wine and I ask them to open it, you can judge a whole lot from those people, I bet. That's true. Their presentation, how they're opening it. All that type of stuff. Yeah, there's there's a certain obviously I, I believe in aptitude and capability, um, yes. and also the willingness to learn and the uh, that the idea of being moldable or um, yes impressionable. And I I remember you know I I tease about my Rainer Club history, but um, the GM there who I admired so much. Then the first day I was there, we walked around together, and when I saw him bent over, pick up a piece of paper off the ground, that's what I did, and that's that's the start of it. So you see that, and I was a breakfast butler at the Alexis Hotel, 
wearing a bow tie. That changes everything when you put on that tuck suit and the bow tie because you're now you got to stand up straight and, and you just feel better. You look better and yes. you sound uncomfortable. Um, how many people? How many jobs have you landed for candidates? Quite a few. Yeah, uh, it's not something we've Hundreds? kept. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of jobs out yeah. there, right? And I'm so surprised to see how many job openings there are, and these are at cool places. I'm like, God, I'd love to go bartend there, or I'd love to be a, a front of the house guy, or just a host. I mean, to me, the host is like low stress. In my opinion, it's the lowest stress one because yeah. you don't have, you don't have to worry about someone complaining about the food to you. Right, right. And you you can tell, you know, it's got a sweet talk. All the pretty girls are waiting for you to get in your restaurant. <laughs> you know, I have uh, two two really good examples of uh, of somebody who got hired. Um, one guy submitted a resume to a restaurant and they turned it down. They didn't even look at it. And so a friend of mine, I know both sides, and so he said, "Hey, could you follow up with me? You know, there's still the the post is still up, and so, and this didn't go through Umami Jobs at first, and so we contacted him and said, "Hey, my friend, you know, applied for the position. He hasn't heard back. It's been about three weeks, and he said, "Oh, really? Oh, we saw the resume. So actually, I said, "Okay, well, let me resubmit an, a new resume, and it was actually a, a video resume, and you know, with all his credentials and stuff. And they're like, "Wow, why didn't we bring this guy in?" And so just adding that video element actually allowed him to actually get the, the interview, and they actually hired him. Uh, and that happened in two different instances so far. So, again, just adding a piece of uh, something that's been missing for a while. So on the website, do you have instructions for candidates? Uh, and do they contact you directly, or is it they just is it more of an anonymous, hey, I'm going to send this up, up, upload it, and if you like it, you'll c contact them? or uh, It's both ways. Um, we're fairly small right now on purpose. Um, we're to use a tech term we're scaling purposely very slowly so by all means contact us uh, we've had a number of people just do it anonymously too okay so uh, I would send you my resume and you would contact me and say send me a video link or do I send you a video link in response I go to the website I see there's a job available and yep. I just upload it and there's a little button says apply now wow. and it'll walk it's three and a half steps cool. and you're you're good to go interesting I like it. So, do you? Are there some sample interviews that may p help people? Because a lot of times it's, I can barely take a good selfie, <laughs> let alone <laughs> talking to the camera with you know thoughtful and purposeful. And that's why, well, probably I yeah, could, there are. You know, a lot of the jobs we have up right now are are uh, back of house centric, and a lot of the people we have talking are chefs. And as you know, chefs um, are do not think of themselves as necessarily TV stars, movie stars. It's the bartender. It's the, the host. And a lot of chefs start going, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be any good. Starts and in the mind. First or second take, they kill it. And because they're talking about something they love and right. they believe. I, I can talk about that. We can all talk about that all day long. Something we believe in, something we love, and something that we, we are invested in. So it's an it's a easy uh, process. As far as you know, um, see, maybe you can tell me, talk about this, this idea of tipping here in Seattle and, and how that has affected some of the candidates that may be coming by or coming through, or even the minimum wage. Maybe people are saying, you know what, that's, that's a good gig now. I, I, guess I can feed myself, et cetera. Yeah, you know, I, I, I guess I'm going to talk about this from my own personal side. I think uh, what's happening in, on the, you know, the tipping side and the minimum wage going up, I think it's just a beneficial for everyone. Uh, it's going to allow people to say, hey, you know, I've been working as a, you know, changing oil for the last five years of my life and making $12 an hour. Now I can actually go into another field and make $15, $18 right away. 
So I think I think the whole minimum wage thing is 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 beneficial for for a lot of people. Do you think that's also helped drive up some r- rates in Seattle? Because now um, employers have to add prices to the restaurant because it does money. You know the margins are thin in restaurants yep. to begin with, and the average age of restaurants five years, and that's typically. You don't cash out at five years. Absolutely, <laughs> you but for close to I think everything in in the world is going up, right? So I think that's right because we're trying to elevate the human condition, right? Right, right. and, and so everyone's got to pay for it. And but that's a challenge because now if my steak just went up five bucks, like mm, we can't go out to steak twice because two steaks is ten bucks, two times out is twenty bucks, and that's just you know absolutely. And I think that's also where where conditioning and understanding how to change with times uh, really comes into play because. You know, instead of serving an eight ounce or a sixteen ounce steak now, right? If 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 a com- <laughs> if a person is complaining that they have to spend, you know, thirty dollars for it, then hey, I'm gonna take two ounces off that steak for you, right? Well, that should yeah. happen anyway because we're uh, we we tend to we do eat more than we should, right? Oh, but, but it's so good. Yeah, but you know, add add more carbs in there, add a few more veggies in there, <laughs> no right? More carbs. You know, I actually have a Asian uh, Asian uh, restaurant owner that says carbohydrates. Cures everything. Add more carbs. <laughs> That's the Hawaiian diet. The max out <laughs> two scoop. Oh. But it comes down to hospitality too. You'll come back to my rush. So back to I wear two. Yeah, I wear two hats. Obviously, mommy jobs and the ladies. And if you're a top ten restaurant in in revenue or sales or PR, it's easy to it's easy to find great employees. But if you're the other ninety five percent, you've really got to be true to yourself and tell a story and be able to tell that story to potential employees. So the service you receive, the hospitality you receive as a customer, brings you back next week. I love it. Um, it's great. This is a great conversation. Hope you're enjoying it as well. I've got CNSO and Travis Stanley Jones are the co-founders of Umami Jobs. And we're going to take a little break. We're actually going to pour a little wine because I think i got to loosen these guys up a bit. Yeah. And so get some of the secrets to uh, success. Um, and we're talking about the hospitality employment uh, industry here in Seattle especially. So stick around, folks. Be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. John Carlson, live and local, 6 to 10 a.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle, hope you're having a great Saturday night. It's time for segment three, round three, and I got uh, three of us here in the studio. It's uh, CNSO and Travis Stanley Jones, the co-founders of Umami Jobs. Umami, it's so tasty, tasty. Savory. It's umamijobs.com. If you're looking for something in the hospitality field, uh, check it out. They've got something which is changing the way people get hired and people look for employees. It's called the video resume. So, uh, Travis, we were just chatting about hospitality, and um, you're right. I remember I was the recipient of the Canlis Hospitality Award for 2009. Yeah. And um, it was quite an honor because Canlis is truly a family like the Nordstrom Company with, that was based on hospitality, based on taking care of the customer guest first. And that is a culture that um, obviously is inherent in those families, but it has to be trained and, and sustained. We have to have that from every person in the, f- the building because no, you have to be running smoothly. And the family, we all get in arguments and fights. Um, but I learned about hospitality because my parents were physicians. And I said, you know what? I learned about hospitality very young age because hospitality comes from the word hospital and that's where you, the ultimate form of hospitality is taking care of people so um, that's I think I might won because you know that's pretty <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about hospitality um, uh, 
Travis, you were chatting about front of the house, back of the house hospitality. When you say hospitality, what does that mean? It mean it means um, delighting you in a way that you didn't expect, Chris. Uh, if you order a glass of wine and I simply just drop out of a glass of wine to you, I did the I did the job. But if I tell you a thirty second story about why I love it or uh, where it came from, that's a little bit more. And you didn't expect it, you didn't ask for it, but that's hospitality. Okay, I like it. See you. Hospitality, oh man, to me it's it's funny because you know I've been in hospitality for a long time. I'm not very old, but it's pretty much been my entire life. So I made a call the other day to somebody, and uh, they didn't pick up the phone. And uh, on their voicemail it says, I will call you back at my earliest convenience. And I put this on Facebook. And if if you're in hospitality, if you're in sales, if you're if you're in the service industry, I don't think that should be the right context of a voicemail, right? It, it you're you're here to you're here to serve you, you know. Like I'm in sales, and so I take hospitality very seriously. Um, I'm I'm here to provide my time for you. If 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 I'm making money on you, if I'm here at at a job that's supposed to provide something for the individual that's paying for it. To me, that's hospitality, taking care of the other person over yourself. I think that's hospitality. That's good. And it comes in many, many forms. Uh, Hospitality starts with doormen. He opens the door for Absolutely. you, and that feels wow. And it starts with the person, perhaps some places, um, dropping the serviette on your lap, and you know, just making sure you're comfortable, helping you with the chair, things that part of us was a little, um, uh, what's the word, uh, chauvinistic, because men did that because we were powerful and we would do that for women. And we wanted to show them that we own them. We're, I, I don't know. And then we kind of broke away from that because, like, well, you know, I can't push your chair in because then it's just, it just feels wrong. But it's not, and it's okay because at the end of the day, it's people taking care of people, and so let's do that to the best of our ability. So hospitality in many forms, and from the chef, it's like from whiting the, wiping the plates from fingerprints because you care, but and, and all that little stuff. And I tell you, when I go to places, I notice all these things. Yes. And I tell you, I'm a stickler for thumbprints on my finger, when my plates, when they come down, I'll look in the glass, uh, and I say, oh, man, that they, they are too busy. They, they overlook something. They weren't thinking about me. They were thinking about themselves. Mm-hmm. Get it out. And it's, it's hard to do that because it's a very um, unselfish thing. And sometimes when we, we need to be self, we need to take care of ourselves. But and when you're on the job and on the clock, you would think, what would the owner do? And maybe that follows down. <laughs> I don't know. Good stuff. Um, what? Uh, um, how long is the ideal video interview or video resume? Is it a, a one-minute deal? Is it two minutes? Is it fast-paced? Is it close-up? Is it a... a what what would you suggest for anyone listening we, out there? We think it's it's ideal to be about one to one thirty because I think after that it just becomes a little too much, um, and we think it should be a hundred percent about you. Uh, if you're very mellow and you're very professional, and that's what you want it to come across as, then that's who you are. But if you're applying for, let's talk about canless right as a restaurant. I mean, you can't be crazy in your video, right? Because canless, you want to go. You, you you know that out of all people. But Watch if you're me crush a can on my head, you know if you want to be again a teppanyaki chef, then have your friend record you and do your work. Do the right? volcano, do the volcano yeah, right? That's and it. And so I think that's where the video really plays a beneficial role: is be yourself, and that's who the chef is going to interview, and that's who the GM is going to interview. And you know, when we ask the uh, the restaurant tours. 
um, especially of multiple restaurants, we don't actually want the owners of all the restaurants to be the the spokesman. We actually want each chef to be the spokesman because that's who the, sh- the other person is going to be working for, right? Sure. And that's who's going to be spending time. That's who he's going to be learning from. And that's who we actually want to be the, the image for the other person who's going to be working with them. Interesting. Uh, do you find that there? Uh, how many resumes have you seen? It was, do you, there's, there's no resume on there that's like you haven't blocked out their name and, and just say, "Hi, beep." Show a good one because I think if you gave people, a, is there? Ex- yeah, we may do that. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. Um, <clears throat> we haven't had a lot of problems with people. Uh, it goes by maybe to our millennial. A lot of our, our workforce is a little bit younger in age. Tech savvy. Uh, speaking as a, a 42-year-old. And so, um, and as a father of an 18-year-old and a almost 16-year-old, boy, my kids are whizzes on their phone. If they're Snapchatting, Instagramming, Facebook is for like our age. But they are they have no qualms from a fairly tight family of, of taking pictures or videos of themselves or their food or what they're doing and sharing it. Um, so we're pretty fortunate that way with with the time. So I guess the in. medium is not so far out. You don't need your video camera because every darn cell phone has video yep. capabilities and yep. a coastal microphone, etc. And that's how you upload it anyway. So uh, <laughs> that's pretty fun. Yeah. Well, you know, I brought some wine. What else would you like to talk about before we get into some wine? But um, tell me what else there is in, in the job industry. Are there some tips for being outside of the video resume? Uh, there's some suggestions and, and noticing that hey, I've seen some people they want to do this, but they're they're not doing they don't have this. Is there some some tips or anything you can give out? Some advice, some sageness, some rosemary. I think one thing that I would like to bring up is so there's a lot of people that have um, been stagnant in their careers, right? Let's uh, let's talk, just talk about the restaurant industry. You know, a guy who's been maybe he's just been dishwashing for the last two years, right? And he's making $14 an hour, and he's been wanting to be a garbage or a prep cook, and he just hasn't made that step. I think this is their opportunity, especially with the, the wage increases and whatnot. People are hurting right now. So if somebody's been stagnant, come see us, right? We'll help you get placed in a new job that you can start kind of moving up in your career. Hmm. And I think that's one element that we're really trying to focus on is, is hey, man, you've been the line cook. You've been the dishwasher. You've been the, the chef de cuisine. Maybe it's time for you to make that move. Let us help you find that 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 new position. And you know, tell your story. We just hired. Boy, I'm, I'm fortunate in in Milady's Irish Pub and Fair Start in Umami Jobs because we were at Fair Start. We we made a video resume for for a gentleman, and and in short, it was you know I had made some really bad decisions in my life. I've I've done a 180. I've gone through this. I've never been tardy for a day. I've never missed a day. And I'm probably not more than a dishwasher right now, but I will be more. And I'll tell you what, I love cleaning. And I don't always have to mop every night, but I mop every night. That sold me right there. I was in. I I texted my chef. I said, hey, we're going to have something on Umami Jobs. I think we have a dishwasher position opening up. Let's let's talk to this guy. And he's been working with us for uh, three weeks now fabulously. Awesome. Yeah, so tell your story. Yeah, feel-good story at that. That's pretty neat. Um, You guys, any sommelier jobs there? I I know restaurant jobs tend to, I mean, the wine thing isn't, it's progressed in the establishments, but it hasn't been something like everybody's now advertising for a wine director. 
I mean, it's like the, he kind of grew out of the bartender. Hey, you know, people ask for more wines. We need someone to handle that now, and like blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden, hey, we need to sell it. And your assistant manager's your sommelier. But do you guys have some sommelier gigs on there? Are there some wine gigs, or is it all restaurants? Or do you actually come from the food side? Hey, we're looking for a great wine salesperson, and we need to have something like that. You know, uh, this whole uh, uh, project started off directly straight just for front of the house and back of the house. And I think, um, hopefully we're not letting the cat out of the bag, but, you know, as as we grow and our company evolves, I think it's going to be uh, geared towards, hey, you know, I've been cooking for 30 years. I can't I can't grind in that in that kitchen anymore. I've been, you know, general manager for 50 years, and I just can't, I can't do those crazy weekends anymore. So, it, you know, I think we're going to start evolving and helping people get outside of, of what they've been doing for a while. Interesting. That's a good thing. And I think you're probably in the right spot because there's we're going to be ripe for transition. And I think every tech job is only, what's the average, two and a half years, maybe? About that. About yeah. that. And so then they're looking for something. Of course, tech is a little different because they're looking for some of those those skills you put on with the different name, <laughs> different letters. And uh, I forget. Well, that sucks. I took my last computer class back in 1980 or something. <laughs> uh, anyway, hey, I've got uh, Travis Stanley Jones and CNSO. They're the uh, co-founders of Mommy Jobs. We're chatting about the hospitality industry. But now... We're going to talk a little bit about beverages and beer and wine and check out what turns these cats on right here on Happy Hour Radio. A Northwest original, Lars Larson, live weekdays, noon to three, talk radio 570, KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now, back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, Seattle, time for our fourth and final segment. Having a great time with uh, Travis Stanley Jones. And seeing so, these are the co-founders of Umami Jobs. We are talking about the video resume and how it's changing the world of employees and, uh, and hiring around here in Seattle and more. Um, but now we're going to talk about um, some beverages. And uh, Travis, you own a place called uh, Milady's Irish Pub. Milady's Irish Pub. Uh, Seattle Met just, uh, I think it was a reader's choice, named us uh, Best Neighborhood Pub. I think we've got that wow. three of the last five years. Now, yeah. Best um, Neighborhood, is that not just Best Queen Anne Neighborhood? Or- no, Seattle... 206-425-360-253, yeah. There's a number, there's one more. There's a new one, too. I know, but I don't know it. I haven't. Yeah. Like a 219 or something. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why we got to do area codes now. I know. Earth to see in. Well, when it comes to, you said you're serving a lot of Manhattans. What's your take on a Manhattan? Do you believe you should use a really fine bourbon and then mess it up with bitters and an aromatized wine? Kind of like how the recipe calls. <laughs> you, you're telling me a lot with your question right there. I'm not, uh, I'm not directing. I'm not leading yeah. the witness. As a bar, as a former bartender, I'm going to look. At, I'm going to ask you how you like your right. your Manhattan. Uh, and if you don't know, I'm going to make it how I like it. Yeah. And it's going to be about two and a quarter ounces of rye because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's huh? hot and it's spicy. I'm probably going to use either Dolan or Carpano Vermouth. I like Dolan because uh, um, it's a little bit lighter. It's a little lighter because Martini and Rossi is, they've changed no. it. They sweetened it a little bit, yes. but it was just too bitter before. And I, I'm with you. Yeah. And Carpano is a little bit too marshmallowy. Yeah, that, too. the vanilla comes out and it overtakes yep. everything. Yep. Uh, and we're going to use a uh, orange twist, and we're going to use um, probably 
orange bitters with that too, mm-hmm. as opposed to Angostura. Which I are do love orange bitters. Fee Brothers Orange, and there's another one, Pappy or something like that. Uh, you yeah. know, Scrappies. Scrappies. Local guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, really nice, clean flavors in that. Cool. Um, and when it comes to Irish whiskey, there's only two distilleries on that whole, well, maybe three now, right? There's a lot now. Are it's there? blowing up. Is it? Yeah. Because so, we're, we're going to make a very light-flavored whiskey, and it's going to be better than your light-flavored whiskey. Yes. So um, <laughs> a number of years ago, uh, we had the most Irish whiskey in the West Coast. And that's when there was two and a half distilleries in Ireland. And right. now, boy, Chris, I want to say there's 17. Wow. And, and, you that's know, cool. Conor McGregor apparently is opening one in a, in a couple of months. So it's, it's really blowing up. Irish whiskey-wise, you're right. It's a very... The palate of Irish whiskey is pretty doggone narrow. You've got the Connemaros, which are, are, are peated a little bit, like a, yes. like a scotch. Yeah. But generally speaking, they're a light, butterscotchy, vanilla, easy-drinking yes. whiskey. And it's one of my favorites because um, sometimes bourbon, it's just got too much oak tan in it. And that's yes. what makes the beauty of these light Irish whiskeys. They're smooth, delicious, and it does the job. And there's it doesn't really fight with your beer. Sometimes you, you can have, you know, I want a, a whiskey, a Boilermaker, whatever. I mean, I rarely say that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Once usually, a year. It's usually just give me two, three fingers of Irish whiskey. And um, they're, they're subtly different. Uh, seeing what do you, you say you drink, you but know, what's your... I'm I'm looking at you two right now, gazing into each other's <laughs> eyes, and I'm completely lost. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a Manhattan a bromance, bromance hatton. You guys are geeking out. We are okay. Well, you're drinking a little wine. Uh, That's courtesy from my pal Scott Williams. Uh, uh, Tangent. It's a little canned rose. You ever had wine in a can? No, I was actually I. I was really impressed on how good it is considering yeah. it poured it out of a can. Pretty neat. Yeah. And uh, Is this a thing? Is this a thing now? I guess so. Um, huh. You know, who, who doesn't need 12 ounces of wine in a can? So this <laughs> is being sold retail right now? It is. Yeah. I think uh, it's about three fifty, which is maybe a dollar seventy, maybe 4 bucks, 2 bucks a glass of wine. Wow. Local? Is this uh, Washington made? This is from California. They know how to party. It's, it's a backpacking wine. It's good. That's right. It is good. Yeah, I was impressed. Um, pretty fun. So, uh, how many beers do you have on tap? Do you have? Uh, uh, we have thirteen beers on draft, and that includes tap. Guinness. Includes Guinness. That's Guinness our Blonde. Only- no, just Guinness. Guinness, and everything else is um, not necessarily on purpose, but it's pr- like within sixty miles of uh, of Seattle. All right, and they're not all IPAs either, right? Not just two IPAs. Okay. It's too much. I think I'm thankfully that time. Has I know passed. what you should do. No, you just need to have a little shaker like they have at pizza places of Parmesan and oh, or pepper yeah. flakes, oh. and just add your hops. I like hey, it. You, uh, you want your IPA? Is that enough, sir? Or grind them? Can I get a little shaver for you? Right, right. <laughs> um, but we have to go through that phase because I really liked hops early on, and now that's, I think it's allergic activities. Really, is your body's like you know? But what? get a lager or a pilsner and add a little. Campari to it. It's summertime. Brighten it up. Add yes. a little bitterness that way. Add a little bit of vermouth. Just have a damn Negroni. How about that? And top it with beer. Sure. Take the gin out. Yeah, it's lighter. I love it. Hey, this is Umami Chops. Guys, you're pretty cool. Thanks so much. Thank uh, you, sir. CNSO and Travis Stanley Jones. Thank Good you. luck. I look forward to seeing you checking out some videos on umamijobs.com. Thank you very Thank much. You hey, lots of fun. Um, had a good time, and this is really interesting. I love talking about the industry since uh, I've been um, a counselor. Counts- what is it? Guidance counselor for this industry for 30 plus years. But hey, folks, um, coming back from France, and I look forward to telling you all about it. When you're out and about, remember, life's always better with a designated driver. Cheers. Cheers.